for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Alex Embler. How's it going today, Alex? What's up, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, just hanging in there, hanging in there, waiting to see if we're actually going to get a tornado or if it's just all hearsay, you know? Um, yeah. Prayers up for you, dude. Prayers yeah. up. It's it's all good, though. I love this kind of weather. Just it's the vibe that's out there. It's Yeah, it's really not so bright cool. outside. It's kind of ominous. I love it, too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for a rescheduling because I know we were supposed to have you on two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah, something like that and been yeah. dealing with a lot of things. And so I've had to reschedule a lot of these and it's just like, oh, how am I going to get everybody rebooked? But it's slowly coming back together. So I'm excited. Um, All good, ben. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but before we kind of jump into your new music that's been released and getting ready to get released. Uh, what's kind of your background? What got you into music? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough one. So, um, man, I've, I've loved to sing my entire life. So in terms of like, you know, my love for singing, um, that's been something that's sort of been there. Um, I, you know, I grew up baseball was like my thing, you know, I played college baseball, professional baseball. That was my, that was kind of like my first love, but in the back of my mind, I sort of, you know, in college, I was a vocal major. Um, I, you know, that was something that, again, it was always kind of something I would like to do, not something I thought I would end up doing. Um, after I was done playing pro ball, um, I, you know, was just kind of working a regular job and I decided that I was going to give it a shot, went to Nashville and here I am. Um, I would say, you know, I, I have a, also kind of a background in metal as well. You know, I, I was a promoter for a while. I owned a booking agency and I booked tours and things like that. So I've always been kind of around music, but just not necessarily on the, um, on the artist side of things. I was kind of on the back end. So mm. I felt I had, uh, I had the ability to do it and kind of being around people in Nashville and um, feeling that sense of uh, competition and, you know, everyone here was grinding and, and working on it. And I was like, man, I could, I could do this. And so that's when I did the Lewis Capaldi cover and, you know, got some attention from that and kind of just took off from there. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. so you had brought it up uh, that you have a background in metal and more mm -hmm. rock. How do you transition from metal and rock and doing all that stuff into more R and B and pop type music? Well, so I guess like, man, during those like angsty teenager years, that's when I got into metal. And, um, but I was always the kid, like when I was younger, I moved around quite a bit, um, a, a lot, a lot actually. And I was always the kid with, uh, with headphones on listening to like Neo and Usher and Chris Brown and things like that. You know, I, I was, I've always loved that kind of music. It always like kind of brought something out of me. It's sort of, I don't know it helped me when I was a kid because it was emotional and I was emotional and, and all that. And, um, I then kind of got into metal because again, I was an angsty teenager and going to shows was really fun. And I made a lot of friends through yeah. it. And I felt kind of like I belonged in that scene. Um, but I found, you know, there was a band that kind of got me into it. They were called dance, Gavin dance. And they had a singer 
named Johnny Craig. Um, he's incredible, but he has such an R and B type of voice and that's actually what he does now. Um, and so I would say that hearing the R and B style vocals that I loved as a kid being like molded into metal music was like a game changer for me. I was like, Oh, that's something that I could do. You know, that's, that's, that's what made me sort of like that sound. So I kind of, um, I kind of figured I could do both, you know, like I, I can, I can sing in metal bands and, you know, be rangy and powerful. And I can also slow it down and be, you know, soft and emotional and do the R and B thing. So, you know, I will always have a love for metal, but um, R and B is sort of at the, I don't know, at the base of everything I ever did music wise. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, yeah. who was, uh, as you were growing up kind of, listening and listening to music and kind of finding your sound who was introducing you to music or who who introduced you um in terms of in terms man i, I would say that i i tended to i tended to i guess i found all my music on the radio really okay. you know i think that you know i listened to a lot of pop um back in back when i was a kid i think the only methods i really had to find music were the radio. Um, and then there was MySpace. you know, yeah. I started finding a lot of music through MySpace, um, and then, you know, downloading music on LimeWire and, you know, burning CDs and things yeah. like that. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say people, I mean, and then, you know, as I got older, my friends, you know, they, they introduced me to metal. So yeah. I kind of learned, I, I kind of got that love from them and, um, going to a new school, I found a new group of friends and they sort of were like, Hey man, we listen to metal. Say okay, I guess I'll I'll give it a try. Um, yeah. yeah, completely understood. You know, it's I I think my musical journey's kind of been the same way. You know, like my parents introduced me to their, the music that they liked when we'd be in the car because it's their car. Yeah. They handle right. the radio station, and then you get around your friends, and it's like, oh, we're listening to this, and then you get around a yep. different group of friends. Oh, we're listening to this, and so then it's just kind of right. like, hey, now you got your musical foundation i guess so that's exactly right you kind of pick you know some things you like some things you don't but for me man like i listen to literally any type of music i listen to country mm. you know i'm a north carolina boy at heart so country music's in my blood um i'll always have love for that um you know i'll listen to just really anything as long as it sounds good and it's got a good melody and a good hook i'll like it so yeah absolutely and as long as there's some real artistry in it i i follow right yeah like exactly but um, so you just released some new single uh, mm -hmm. to build up towards your EP. Uh, where do you want to do you want to jump straight into the EP talking about the EP or do you want to talk about Rich Girl and Nine Hours for a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about the singles and then we'll talk about kind of the, the project that it's going to culminate into. OK, so they're both going to be on the EP like they're both. They are. OK, yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, Rich Girl came out for uh, towards the end of 2020, right? Yep. We yep. came out, uh, September 25th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Rich well, Girl was December. What, or, uh, me, nine hours was December. Yeah. Okay. I was sitting here. I was like, Nope. I, yep. Okay. Got it. I don't switch uh, around. <laughs> so, uh, Rich Girl, what's kind of the uh, story behind that? Rich Girl. It's, uh, you know, it, it was meant to be sort of a bubblegum pop song, um, sort of poking fun at the whole, um, you know, people that have been spoiled their entire life and have never really, uh, dealt with any hardship um i just um you know it was sort of a satirical type of message it's yeah. meant to be fun and kind of a summer type uh of a sound something that's just kind of silly yeah. uh, the music video uh is the same way it's just kind of a silly video where i get robbed and then i don't get robbed and um 
but yeah, it was meant, it was meant to be a, an upbeat sort of pop song that people were just like, Oh man, this is catchy. Um, and it sort of, it sort of, uh, it worked out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, how long have you, or how long did it take you to kind of write rich girl? Was that something that you started on during the pandemic or. Um, so that's a good question. Um, so this entire EP, this entire project, I worked with a producer named Kyle Mursky. He goes by Merck. Um, mm -hmm. he's got credits for some super solid artists like Jay-Z and a few others. Um, and my manager, Wes, uh, introduced me to him and we've been working together on these songs for over a year now. So this, yeah. this EP has been happening for a year and a half, the, you know, from start to finish with rich girl. Um, it was a solid four to five months before, you know, everything was done with that song recording, mixing, mastering. So it was, you know, it took a minute, but yeah. you know, he's a, he's a genius and he, uh, he did his thing with it. Gotcha. And then, uh, after rich girl, you released nine hours, mm -hmm. but you did a full produced version and then a stripped down version, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We did a little piano piano version of it too. Um, yeah. Uh, wh why did you feel that one worked, uh, would work as a stripped down version? like you know, the music right um so the song is about my journey to nashville and how i left my family behind you know that's the name of the song is nine hours 600 miles that's the exact distance that i you know left and came to nashville from so i it's um it's an emotional song um and it's sort of about my journey back to my wife and sort of you know realizing what's important but um it's an emotional song to me. It has a lot of deep meaning. It, um, it means a lot to those around me as well. And, you know, the music video, I loved it. And I just thought that if I'm going to do something like a stripped down version, um, of any of my songs, I think that was the one to do it. Um, it sounds even more emotional with only the piano. So, yeah. um, it worked out really well. Um, but I think there's a couple other songs as well that we've actually done stripped down versions of as well. And I'm thinking about releasing them. We'll see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, so do you, when you do the stripped down versions, do you still go into the same studio or are you more willing to produce those on your own? I'm more willing to produce those on my own. I mean, I'm always going to go somewhere where someone can engineer my vocals really well. Um, yeah. But that's one of those things where um, I, the, the person that I actually did the vocals with and recorded the vocals with, his name's Kyle Hollis. Um, he's out of Louisville, Kentucky. Him and I recorded all of the vocals to this entire record together. And, um, so when possible, I love to get in the studio with him because he really, he helps me. He brings, brings a lot out of me. He challenges me. Um, and he's been sort of instrumental in this whole, whole process. But like I said, for the stripped down versions, um, I'm more likely to go to someone local or even record them myself. But, um, it's sort of, uh, it sort of depends on the timing and if I can get to Louisville or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. and so, all this being said culminates in a new EP being dropped next, next week. Yeah. Yeah. Next, next, next Friday. Wow. Next Friday. Yeah. The seventh. Wow. I was, I was like, wait, what day is it? So you're dropping uh, Indigo, which is the name of your new EP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and like you'd mentioned, you've been working on it for over a year at this point. Uh, yeah. What's kind of going through your mind right now as you approach this final week Man, um, drops. I'm excited, man. I've, I've been waiting for this moment for a very long time now, since we started this project, you know, I'm, if you ask my manager, I'm very impatient. He probably would have waited a little longer, but 
Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm grateful. Um, I've been, I feel like I've been manifesting this for a long time. Um, I never, you know, three years ago, I never really expected this to happen. It was something that I always kind of wanted to happen. And I felt like, man, it'd be great to do that one day, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's surreal. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I'm all of that stuff, but I'm mostly just very grateful that I'm in a position to be able to do it. I have a solid team around me. Um, it's a great record. Um, so I'm very confident that people are going to love it and find it really fun and different and new, um, fresh. So, um, I'm excited, man. All, all that rolls into just being very excited and anxious to get it out to everyone. Awesome. Awesome. And all right. So you released a music video for, you said not nine hours, um, rich girl, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are are you looking at doing a music video for anything else? Yeah. So the same day that, sorry, there's mosquitoes out here. Um, the same, uh, the same day that I released the EP, there's going to be a music video coming out for the title track Indigo. So that'll drop the same day. It's sort of a surprise. Well, I guess not anymore, but um, sorry, about that. that's gonna be sorry I didn't out. mean to blow your spot up with that. No, no, it's cool. It's a good time to plug it. It's a good time to plug it. But yeah, yeah. We're going to have a music video for that. It's super dope. We filmed it in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, right on the water. We got to burn a piano. That was sweet. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. So I think you guys are going to dig that. Awesome. How much, um, as far as far as like creative control when it comes to music videos, are you, what, what's kind of your role in that whole part when it comes down to, uh, coming up with the creative for, um, videos? I kind of just do a lot of smiling and nodding. Um, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, my, uh, my manager Wes is a genius with vision. Um, he's directed all the music videos in conjunction with the videographer. Uh, he, he, you know, he sees things better than I do when it comes to that. And he loves it. He truly enjoys it. So I let him do his thing on it. We collaborate on it. If I think something's stupid, I tell him if, <laughs> if he, if he thinks one of my ideas are stupid, he tells me, um, and it's a big collaboration, but you know, he's got a great eye for things. He's uh very, very smart and, um, he hasn't steered me wrong so far. So I'm going to let him keep on, uh, being creative with him. Cool. Cool. You know, it's, it's always good to have somebody that'll tell you when something is stupid. Cause I'm, very much one of those people that are a little bit more passive aggressive where it's like, well, it needs a little bit more work. And whenever I tell somebody that it usually means I don't like it. Right. And then sometimes there'll be a situation where it's like, no, it just needs a little bit more work. And it really just does need a little bit more work. And they scrap the entire idea because they think it's like, I, I need to rethink how I express things. I'm the same way. I like to shoot. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but that's a, I mean, it's a good and a bad thing. You know, you're empathetic, but also I guess it is a good thing to have somebody to shoot you straight. You know, you got to have someone to bounce ideas off of and someone to, you know, give you um, a very subjective viewpoint um, for what you're, you're trying to do, you know, and it's worked so far. Like I said, I mean, he's um, everything so far has been great. So I, I, I'm going to let him keep on uh, directing these things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you mentioned that you've gotten your start in the metal scene. Do you yeah. see a world where in the near future you start working on a metal project or is it always just going to kind of be R and B? Like, where do you kind of see yourself moving in the future? Ah, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess you guys are going to have to wait and see. No, I'm just kidding. I think absolutely, man. Like, 
you know, something that's like post hardcore, something along the lines of like Sayosin or, yeah. you know, Amberlin or something to where I could still kind of make it, you know, a little more singy and sort of, um, you know, keep the melodies and the choruses and such. But, you know, who knows? Um, I do demos all the time. I work with a lot of people. Um, I, I've had a few opportunities come up to, you know, front some, some bands and I've thought about it. Um, but I want to give the solo thing a good run. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm enjoying it too. I'm enjoying having, you know, kind of, I don't want to say control, but I, right. I've enjoyed sort of letting my own creative vision sort of flourish and kind of figure out things myself and what kind of an artist I am. Absolutely. So I think that's going to enable me, enable me to be a better bandmate and to, you know, write better music with other projects later. So I think, um, you know, for right now I'm focused on this, but I'm not ruling anything out. I've got a lot of demos. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of friends in that industry and, you know, it's certainly possible. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I always love it when people just kind of make, you think they're going one way and then they just make a left turn and it's, love like, it. yeah, it's always fun and entertaining. Um, people don't like it usually. Uh, well, they, they, they pretend they don't like it at first and then they're like, all right, fine. I like it. And then, uh, you know, and then you forget whenever they were doing the previous genre. So I don't know. I would like to think that I could seamlessly transition into something else, but yeah. you know, I, I have a love for R and B and pop and, you know, I think, uh, the demographic is so wide in this genre of music. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot more people that can relate to my music as an R and B artist yeah. than I think in the metal realm. Um, yeah. I just think I have a lot higher ability to, to reach different people. So, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it, to, to kind of lean back in on that one a little bit about people that don't usually like it. I, for me, it's usually if somebody does a specific genre for so long, like they have a 10, 15, 20 year career, say as like as a mm -hmm. hip hop act, and then they make a left turn and they're now all of a sudden they're doing solo acoustic, <laughs> americana you know just something random like that it's just kind of like really yeah it, it's one of those things too it's like you know every artist is also a human being we all have different we have different loves and we've yeah. always i feel like every artist has that one thing like man i really would like to put out this sort of record one day because i really love this kind of music and i feel like whenever they do that later on in their career that's when they're they're kind of that's their opportunity to, to do that you know yeah that's it's true. their time to like you know what I've, I've been wanting to do this i would hate myself if i didn't so I'm going to try it. And yeah. for the sake of, uh, if people don't like it, it's all good, you know? So I, I can understand it. Um, I can definitely understand it. Yeah, absolutely. So for Indigo, since that's dropping here in just a little over a week, what mm -hmm. was the song selection process like? Did you specifically write for the EP or had you already had 20 songs written and you were just kind of like, nah, I like these five, let's put it together. Uh, we had, I mean, we had quite a few to choose from. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I think that we, we really did compile the five songs that are on the EP for this EP. So we wrote everything with the intention of it being this sort of, um, be, being part of this project. So everything we wrote for, we knew was going to be part of like our initial offering of these five songs. So we wrote for the EP, but we had a lot to choose from. I mean, it, um, every song on this record is different. Every yeah. one of them, um, you know, you know, a couple of them are, you know, kind of clubby type of songs, such as Rich Girl. Um, there's a couple ones that are a little more emotional. And then there's a couple that are sort of middle of the road, you know, Indigo, I think people are really going to see it's sort of a culmination of, of all of the songs, you know, 
winning is a really, it's a really like hype song. It's, um, it's very upbeat. People are going to love that one. That's one of my favorites. Um, and then, um, my favorite on the record is probably gone forever or indigo because they're sort of middle of the road. They incorporate everything from the rest of the EP on those. So I, I think, um, we, we had the intention of writing a lot of different stuff for the EP and we had a lot to choose from, but these were the five best. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, I know I'm excited to hear the EP and, uh, can't wait to see, see what the reaction is. Can't actually, I can't wait to see the music video for Indigo as well. Yeah. So, I'll send it to you. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but also we like or on these podcasts, we like to talk outside of music a little bit. And since you brought up that you were a pro ball player, I want to touch on yeah. that one a little bit because sure. growing up in South Chicago, baseball was King in the, yeah. in the you know, in the, in the mid nineties there. Um, what, uh, le- or when you say you play pro ball, uh, how far mm-hmm. or where did you play or how far did you go? And, yeah. Yeah. I played, I, I played independent league. Um, I played in Alamogordo, New Mexico. I played for a team called the white sands Pupfish. Um, so yeah, pretty, you know, it's, it was rough, long bus rides. Yep. Um, very, very, very hot. Um, I got attacked by fire ants, my very first pro start. Uh, that was pretty wild. Um, it was crazy, man. It was, uh, it was a hell of an experience. Well, I, going to say i let you kind of say where you played because i lived in roswell new mexico for four years did you cool i may have seen you play because i used to go to like roswell invader games all the did time did you really no way you might and have. i remember going to you because you played in like 2015 right if i'm yeah, 20, 2015 yeah yeah um i don't like i don't remember any specific games or anything but yeah. I, one of the games I went to was a White Sands pupper fish game. So, uh, yeah. So, you, I would have definitely been there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> I, I remember originally I was uh, working uh, – back when I first moved out to New Mexico in 2013, I was trying to revive uh, – I did a baseball podcast where I would interview independent baseball teams, and I was actually in conversation with – uh, what was he like the president of the Pecos league or whatever about setting up like interviews with people. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. Luckily that just never really, or not luckily it just never really went anywhere. And right. You know, but I did end up yeah. going to a few games. So that's kind of funny that. Yeah. You uh, definitely, we were, we were close in proximity, man. You definitely, I was definitely there. I remember, I remember how bad the mosquitoes were at that field. Yeah, I remember it was, it was out. It was out in the like a lot, especially the Roswell Field. It is outside of town and in the back, not the backwoods because there's no like real backwoods of Roswell. But right. It, it's it was out the, there. Yeah. It, that's crazy though, man. Yeah, small world. Good yeah. time. <laughs> awesome. So uh, you you played there for like a season and then you got yeah. I played. For, yep, yep. I played there for about three quarters of the season. Then I tore my labrum again and you know, had to come home. Gotcha. Was the hope, was the hope to kind of go from there and then try and get signed or were you just playing pro ball to play and whatever happened, happened? Um, honestly, man, it was pretty unexpected. You know, I had, uh, I had a job at that point. Um, I had, you know, I had finished up Juco ball. Um, and then I went and played in a collegiate league in North Carolina and actually did really, really, really well, but much better than I expected to do after quite a long layoff. Um, and then I got, got the call after I had gotten the job and they were like, yo, go play 
you know, have fun. Uh, I didn't really know, honestly, I knew that I knew that, you know, I was a bit older at the time. Um, I was, you know, going on 25 years old. Um, you know, my time was running short. Um, but it was one of those things where the opportunity came up and I didn't have a reason to say no. And I probably would have regretted it had I not went, I knew it was going to be a grind. Um, not a lot of money, really tough, but you know, it was, uh, it was, it, it, I I didn't have expectations of going further than that. You know, I just did it because I I knew that, you know, it was going to be a cool experience and I kind of run for things like that. So. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Completely understood. I had a buddy um, that I grew up with. Uh, he played college ball at uh, St. Joe's in Rensselaer, Indiana. Yeah. Cool. Um, and he ended up getting drafted by the Diamondbacks. Oh, and nice. uh, he played, sh- uh, went to rookie ball out in Arizona or wherever. And he was telling me how hard of a grind it was there. And then he decided to play one more season and see what happens. He went up to short a up in Montana, Wyoming, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. And yeah. he was like, after that season, he was like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. Like just playing baseball up there was the worst grind. And yeah, <laughs> after a season and a half, he was just like, I retired. Yeah. It's so. not for everyone, man. It's like, man, I, I just remember how many flat tires we got in the middle of the desert. Um, yeah. how many, I mean, like driving out to Alpine, Texas from Alamogordo, it's like, you know, solid seven or eight hours and not having any reception at all on the radio or on your phones and yeah. almost running out of gas. And it's just like, it was crazy. It was just hot all the time, <laughs> like unbearably hot. Um, but cool experience, man. A beautiful area of the world too. white sands. I had oh, yeah. never seen anything that crazy before. Oh yeah. Um, that was cool. Yeah. That part of New Mexico is just New Mexico in general is just awesome. It, like you got a yeah. chance to travel around a little bit. Mm-hmm. You got to see parts of New Mexico. Nobody gets to see, or not nobody, but not a lot. There's not yeah. a lot of people down there. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, that was really beautiful. Cool. Good food, good people, you know, great. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so kind of moving um, back to your music career, uh, we mentioned, or we talked about a little bit before we jumped on here that how things were starting to open up. Are you starting to book out shows or what does your kind of show schedule look like? Um, so yeah, we're, we're working on that. Um, now that, you know, Nashville and sort of other areas of the world are kind of coming back to normal, we're going to start playing out a little bit more. We wanted the EP to come out and then, uh, we're going to book a show probably, probably the end of May. So we're, we're currently finalizing some stuff for the end of May. Mm. I'm going to go to North Carolina and play a show in, uh, mid to late June. Um, and then I'm going to be looking to probably tour later this year. So, um, I'm going to try to play as many shows as I can in and around Nashville um, and just sort of like, you know, without saturating that market, play as much as I can and, you know, keep grinding. And well, when there isn't a global pandemic going on, how often are you, how often are you normally, or would, would you like to be playing shows? I mean, I would like to be playing at least twice a month. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be, that would be ideal. You know, once in Nashville, once, within striking distance of Nashville, sort of building up this region a little bit, you know, um, I played a show three weeks ago, I guess about, yeah, about three weeks ago in Frederick, Maryland. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm really, I'm, I'm open to go and play really anywhere where, you know, I have a little bit of a draw. So, 
Um, but at the same time, I'm new. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go out and start like building relationships and playing in front of, even if I'm playing in front of four people, it's fine. Um, I'm just ready to live that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to, you're, I think at least initially you're going to find it's very similar to playing in the Pecos league, right? I think that will have prepared you more than (laughs) you'll ever really notice. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, yeah, I've already, I've already drawn, drawn some, uh, some real similarities between a few things. Yeah. (laughs) um but again hey we're doing you know similar to in in the pecos league too man you're there because you love it you're there because um you have a dream to do it and the good news is is that i don't have to have a labrum or a rotator cuff to do this so there's nothing that's going to stop me from continuing to grow um so (laughs) absolutely um and then uh where in uh, north carolina are you from uh i was born in high point but i lived in greensboro uh I lived in Western North Carolina in the Hickory area. Yeah. Um, those are the two main main places that I that I lived. So you kind of bounced around a little bit around North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, okay. yeah, a little. Yeah, over the years, definitely. Gotcha. But I finished high school in High Point, so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so just kind of moving forward. Um, what what's the once the album or the EP releases? the plan is kind of just uh, looking at shows and trying to book out the tour and all that stuff, or what's the plan once the uh, EP releases? Yeah, we're going to push it. We're going to, we're going to really push PR as well. We're going to, you know, work for more opportunities to kind of get my story out there and to talk to people about, you know, even the, the deeper, darker places of my life and sort of begin to get people to understand who I am as an artist. Um, and I think, we wanted to have the entire project out so people could really see the full scope of what I do. You know, they can hear each song. They're not going to judge me based on nine hours and rich girl. They're going to see the diversity of all the music yeah. and kind of see that. So we're going to let that play out for a bit. We're going to, you know, put out a few pieces of content. I filmed the documentary. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a multiple piece documentary, probably 20 to 30 minutes long. Um, oh. That's being edited currently. So that's going to come out. People are really going to learn a lot about me through that. Um, some other songs um we got a lot of new music that we're working on so whoops sorry about that my bad you're good um yeah got a lot of other stuff that we're working on but i think for the for the next little bit we're gonna we're gonna ride out this ep we're gonna play shows we're gonna tour on it see what happens and Mm -hmm. and just keep telling my story nice is it um is it are you looking at are you just releasing it digitally or will there be hard copies yeah. So, um, on the legend recording, so on my record labels store, you can get, um, I have an entire merch line. So shirts, hats, um, wall posters, um, like bundles and such. And you can also, whenever you buy any of those items, you get a free copy of the EP digitally and you get a free copy of it physically. So okay. yeah, we have hard copies and everything available on the website. I'll also have them as well. I'm going to throw them up on my merch store soon. So, um, yeah we're uh anything that you want we got perfect perfect and then um if anybody wants to kind of uh follow you listen to your new music or see where your next show is going to be where's the best place for them to do that any social media so uh facebook alex embler um instagram instagram i am alex embler twitter um working on a website that's going to be up soon as well so sooner sooner than later you'll have that as well but for the most part keep up with me on all social medias and you'll get all the updates. Uh, YouTube as well. Subscribe to me on YouTube. That's a big one. Yeah. I, 
you know, it's it's interesting how many musicians just kind of neglect their YouTube page. They don't promote yeah. it. You know, it's 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 interesting, but I can't get mad at them because I don't pr- promote our YouTube page hardly enough anyways. It's kind of a tough algorithm, isn't it? It's sort of yeah. tough to gain, you know, like I it's one I haven't put a ton of in, uh, a ton of time into really building, but it's actually kind of grown significantly uh, mm-hmm. since I started. So, um, but I should plug it more. You're right. YouTube. Well, cause it's one of those things where I feel like the SEO on YouTube is a lot more friendlier just to natural growth. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're just kind of out there, especially being a musician, as long as you're just out there on every other social media or doing shows or whatever, I think people just will kind of naturally start searching you on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the reason people neglect it and just kind of, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's like, cause I think the SEO is a lot more naturally engaging. So. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I've, man, I scroll for hours on YouTube and I'm, and I'm, it's honestly, I scroll that probably more than I do any social media. So it's kind of interesting why I would neglect to to plug that, but. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's been a blast sitting here chatting with you, but I have to ask you the most controversial question I could possibly think of. Okay. And today that controversial question is pineapple pizza. Yes or no? Ooh, pineapple pizza. Yes, man. Yes. Pineapple goes on pizza. Like, I mean, listen, I'm not going to die on that hill. I'm not going to be one of those people. Like if you don't like pineapple on pizza, you're no friend of mine. No, it's fine. We all have our, we all have our own tastes or whatever, but just so you know, you are wrong. Pineapple does go on pizza and don't bring that shit around me because pineapple does go on pizza. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You knew exactly why I asked if it, or asked that question. It is literally the most controversial question that you can ask. Anybody. For some reason, I don't understand why there's so many weird things. Like I know people who put ketchup on eggs and shit. Like, I mean, I mean, I hope I'm not offending anyone here, um, yeah. but there's worse ones than pineapple on pizza. Right. I mean, like oh, yeah. that's no. like a menu item in a lot of different places. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. I definitely agree with you there. It's like, that there are more controversial things than pineapple on pizza. Like it's not that odd, you know? I mean, it's like, I don't know, whatever. I'd say sardines are weirder than pineapples, but whatever. That is true. Very true. What do I know? Yeah. But once again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm really glad we were able to get this rescheduled and get you back on. Yeah, man. Uh, Thanks for having me, dude. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later. Later guys. Cool. We're good. Awesome, man. Hell yeah. Thanks, dude. How many?